0: Welcome to another episode of the podcast. My name is Fraser Allen Best. Today is Wednesday, June 29th, 2016, and today I think it's appropriate to reflect on a major terrorist attack that happened in Turkey. For the most part, Canadians, myself included, are only interested in hearing about the details of terror attacks when they take place in Canada, the US, or Europe. As many will point out, there's far less discussion when an attack takes place in, for example, Lebanon, even though these terror attacks happen more frequently and are often more deadly. But between these Two categories, Turkey remains somewhat of a wild card. No, it's not part of Europe, but at some point it was a candidate to be part of the EU. And no, we don't often think of it as part of the modern West, but its foundational aspiration towards political secularism means that it doesn't fall squarely outside the tent either. The attack, which took place just last night, was at Ataturk Airport in Istanbul and left a body count of forty two people. The number of assailants remains unknown at this point, but we do know that this attack was carried carried out using automatic weapons, and multiple suicide vest detonations. The gunfire and the explosions shook the airport, and the profile of the attack drew the attention of every major world leader within just a few hours. Conveying messages of solidarity, we'll come back to what that means in a second, but it's important to note who was silent, because ISIS, in the hours immediately following and up to right now, did not claim responsibility for this attack, and I point to how strange this is, because according to all early investigations by Turkish authorities, the attack on the airport was one that was very clearly carried out by Islamic State operatives. With that noted, I want to turn to try to understand how this attack may indicate a change in geopolitics when it comes to ISIS. Previous to carrying out attacks on Turkey, Islamic State strategy was primarily focused on targets far away from their location in Syria. The thought being that if they attacked a distant country, the possibility of that state retaliating with a ground war would be significantly lower. And so in some sense, if this is the Islamic State, and it likely is, this represents a considerable break from their early conventional playbook. Not only is Turkey adjacent to Syria, but there is already tension along their border. Tension that attacks like this can only heighten, creating exactly what IS initially aimed to avoid. A ground war. A conflict with a front. And based on early rhetoric from Turkey's President Erdogan, this possibility does not seem out of the question. It is clear that Turkey will be responding aggressively. And at the very least, this will mean that Turkey will be carrying out more airstrikes as part of the U.S.-led coalition against ISIS. And this move, even from Turkey's side of the equation, represents a massive shift. Yes, of course, it had always been clear that Turkey viewed the Islamic State as an existential threat along their border. But as much as this is true, it's also true that Turkish officials viewed this as a local conflict. While Turkish defense viewed the Islamic State as a very dangerous militant force against their eastern border, the government has remained reluctant to fully dedicate themselves to the international effort against ISIS. Yes, they had become members of the U.S.-led coalition, but in comparison to their relative proximity, their contribution to that air campaign had remained relatively constrained, preferring not to participate in the broader effort of defeating ISIS as a whole. And so from this perspective, the statements of solidarity from world leaders including Ban Ki-moon, has a real chance of pulling Turkey squarely into the ranks of allied states aggressively taking on ISIS as a whole. To characterize this change simply, we are seeing a shift from a Turkey that was only interested in the alliance against ISIS for closely pragmatic and gestural reasons to a Turkey that is at the very least likely to be far more central in the US-led coalition against ISIS. Now the third major shift that I want to recognize in light of this attack isn't the shift in the strategy of ISIS and isn't a shift in Turkey's posture. In fact, it doesn't have to do with any specific military force at all. Instead, I want to look at the words we use to talk about this conflict and how that terminology actually maps on to the geopolitical state of things. Okay, immediately following this attack on Ataturk airport, Binyamin Netanyahu, Prime Minister of Israel, delivered a statement which, among other things, called on quote-unquote all civilized nations, referring to the still unofficial alliance of states against ISIS to, quote, fight the scourge of terrorism. Now, I want to focus in for a moment on that second quotation, quote, fight the scourge of terrorism, because that last word, terrorism has really become a code word in this conversation, and its actual usefulness in describing what's happening geopolitically has really lost its cash value over time, because a word like terrorism is exceptionally broad, and its permanence in this conversation was really cemented in the immediate aftermath of 9-11. And at the time, a general term like terrorism made a whole lot more sense. We didn't know the state of things on the ground. And so defining this conflict broadly as a war on terrorism was a far more defensible idea. But as the shape of that war has become far more conventional, the rather general label of terrorism has effectively allowed for a strange brand of obscurantism. When the term emerged, there were disparate militant groups across Iraq. But today, this isn't the case since Saddam fell from power the militant groups in control have become predominantly Sunni and have for the most part been consolidated into the Islamic State a group that conducts acts of terror yes but also behaves on the ground just like any other military regime using authoritarian methods to control people domestically and moving on the ground as a conventional army and so when we look at that shift from a state housing hundreds of disparate terrorist groups united only in their use of terrorist tactics to a situation on the ground where you have a generally consolidated Islamic State that has its own domestic governance and moves units as a conventional ground army, it should be obvious that while a term like terrorism may have at some point made sense, the applicability of that term has only diminished if not disappeared over time. Now, one could argue that part of the reason for using the term terrorism early on in this conflict was to define it as different from interstate war. And at the time, this justification made a whole lot of sense. The war against those disparate terrorist groups was being fought through a sort of roundabout method. Whether or not it was the official reason for going into Iraq, at least part of the strategy was based on the idea that if the U.S. were to establish democratic stability in Iraq, that foothold of stability could be used to defuse the ongoing sectarian tension within Iraq and ultimately defuse those terrorist groups and this idea this strategy sees the conflict in very abstract terms and so labeling this problem as a problem of terrorism really captured the idea that this conflict was different that it was being carried out principally not with the idea of defeating an enemy but creating conditions of relative stability so that a dangerous enemy would never truly emerge from this part of the world but as we're seeing today this is no longer the shape of the conflict in fact an enemy did consolidate and emerge and Now, the offspring of the war on terror is being fought as a very conventional war, and with the involvement of Turkey, a neighboring state, we're very likely to see something resembling a war front emerge on the ground. Of course, that's not to say it will immediately take on the form of a very conventional war, but it is to say that while classifying this war as a fight against abstract terrorism once made sense, the conflict we have today is quite unambiguously a fight against ISIS. And we should be clear about that. Okay, the IRA are terrorists. We're not talking about conflict in Ireland. We are exclusively talking about a conflict against IS insurgents. And as we continue to call this a fight against terrorism, it continues to make less and less sense. And so it's just these few points of how this conflict has changed over time that I wanted to take stock of. Because all three, especially the first two, are brought into sharp focus with a recent IS attack against Turkey. Regardless of whether these attacks actually represent a geostrategic watershed, taking stock at this moment really demonstrates just how much the sands have shifted in this conflict. But that brings us to the end of the podcast for today. My name is Fraser Allen Bessel, I'll see you again tomorrow. Cheers.